0: okay hey everybody welcome back to the dm version of light the fight and what does dm stand for direct message and if and actually we're just kind of categorizing everything as a dm but dms are just funner to get than emails because it doesn't feel like work yeah so so any
1: messages that you send in emails through facebook through dms on instagram We're just taking those questions, we're picking out a couple questions, and we're doing an episode on it that we call the DM.
0: And as we have mentioned before, sometimes we get a lot of questions that sort of have the same vibe or the same basic question, and so we're kind of mushing multiple questions together um, just so that we can answer more of the questions.
1: So if you think we're answering your question, but it's not really all your question, it's because we might have had to smash them together and put them together all in one.
0: Yeah so it still works and um, like I said we're really thankful for your questions we love hearing your wins we've been starting to get way more wins and those those just make our make make us feel validated (laughs) to use a good psychological term
1: well it helps us keep on keeping on because if everybody messaged in said hey that didn't work they'd be like "All right, shut down shop
0: they're out okay so this I, I would add that I kind of also have this question. This is a question that I'm concerned about. I know a lot of parents are concerned with. I sat in a meeting last night, and it was a hot topic with parents. So this is a great question. Um, I'm going to kind of roll through this here, girls. I, should I? Oh, I kind of I cut off the part where she told us how much she loves our our podcast. But she said that.
1: But you just mentioned it, so we're good. So
0: I just wanted to cover that. She really loves our <laughs> podcast. <laughs> okay. I would love to hear you discuss teen cell phone use, slash social media, etc. specifically advice to keep parents from panicking or freaking out, this is, mo- this is a mom that I can connect with, freak her out or, um, freaking out or about the potentially or inevitably harmful influence they can have on our kids. Um, she kind of goes into brain development She mentions that she sees a lot about this subject recently, which I think is happening like crazy. I agree. I'm talking about concerns like not knowing who your child is communicating or what they're talking about. And what about the effect on their brain as they spend so much time and filling their their time and their focus with that? You know, there's a lot of discussion about how it ruins your cognitive your ability to focus your ability to learn basically it's destroying our brains and we're all just in a crash course so should we just take our phone you know do we take the phones away what's the solution
1: well yeah just take the phone away no your teens and your kids aren't going to care
0: they're they are just going to hand it right over
1: yeah right over you don't have to fight with them nothing
0: <laughs> so that they can go get an upgrade
1: yeah exactly <laughs> Okay, so here's how I'm going to answer this question. Um, I can
0: tell you right now that if somebody said, Heidi, hand over your phone, there would be a fight to the death. I have an in- intimate personal relationship with my phone, and I, and I, have, I admit it. Even but you can
1: validate because you need it for work and all those other that's things, That's right. right.
0: And I'm I, I, helping like, you out. I like those validations. It's actually, that's what I tell my kids a lot, but I don't text in church. Yeah, you can that's, tell your kids. That's where hey, I that you why I draw the line. You can tell your kids. You can tell your kids. I text other people that might be at church, you but can, I, I'm not at church at that moment.
1: You can tell your kids when they say, well, you're always on your phone. say, so, yeah, but listen, me being on my phone pays for your phone. It's so you can true. tell them that, that's right? That's right, which I do. Yeah, good for you. And how does that work out?
0: Well. I'm sure they go,
1: oh, you're right, mom. You win that argument.
0: I did put my phone on airplane, airplane mode today for a while. while I did some other work. So, I wouldn't be tempted. I've, I'm working up to more hours, more time on airplane mode per day. <laughs> I have an addiction. But this isn't about me. This is, this is about teenagers. Wait,
1: wait, rewind. Did she just say that out loud? <laughs> Lies. She said that out loud. I did. Heidi, thank They're you bro- for the confession.
0: Thank you for giving me a place of safety.
1: All right. Um, so,
0: but this isn't about me. This is about, this is about... It's
1: never about you. My eyebrows are really high. It's never about you.
0: Oh my gosh. Okay. This is about the kids.
1: So I'm going to do a really good job of not answering this question, but answering the question.
0: Okay. I love it when you do that. So
1: what we're going to do is Brandon, our producer, um, I want you to upload with this episode when this episode gets posted a video. And the video that we're going to upload is a video that I recently just played for the teen support group that I hold. Um, And, okay, so the question is basically, so Heidi made a good point. She was at a meeting. Everybody's talking about, when you talk about suicide, teens, anything with teen struggles, I think at the first of most people's list is they see that the cell phone, social media, texting, whatever it is, video games, this digital type of world we live in. Is usually priority number one. How do we get our kids to realize it's rotting their brains? How do we um, change the way they see this? How do we convince them that's not real? This, that, and the other. And most people um, have tried lots of things. Some with little success. Some with no success. And usually, a lot of these conversations just create tension and anger because we feel pretty powerless as adults over young people around this conversation. If we didn't feel powerless, if we didn't feel like it was such a huge issue, it wouldn't be the first discussion when we're talking about teens. So I'm gonna answer this in the way that I learned. I mean, I knew this, but specifically last night. So we showed this video, and this video, the YouTube video, what's what's the title of it again, Brandon? It was, it basically, the, it was, the the it's clip, it says- something
0: like, don't you wish, Stuff the, you wish you knew. The
1: video, the video you wish you watched before you got on social media. Now, I wasn't the twisted gonna twisted truth. I wasn't, isn't it? yeah, the twisted truth. I wasn't even gonna share this video because this video will pour so much fuel on your fire. This video takes a lot of TED talks, a lot of different um, talks. That uh, one of the guys was one of the head engineers for Facebook. Other people are. Um, researchers. uh, They quote research from Stanford. It is very well done. It already has a few million views. It's going to have a lot more because it's not very old, this video. The problem is not the information in the video. It's how you share the information in the video. So I got together like 20 some teenagers at our group, and I said, here's what we're going to do. We're going to watch this video, and after we watch the video, I just want you to weigh in on how it makes you feel, your reaction to it. Like, what are some of your thoughts and feelings about the video? So I play the video, it's about 13 minutes long and I was done with the video. One of the first girls that rose her hand, she's like, wow, this really made me think, like it made sense. I didn't realize that social media is selling our attention to companies and it's an exchange where They give us shiny little notifications that someone is thinking about us, likes us, tagged us in something. And that gives us dopamine, which is a drug in our brain, our body produces it. And then in exchange, we give them our attention and they take our attention and they use the analytics to show companies. Here's how much these people are looking at our site. If you put your product, which by the way, we'll tell you what products they're interested in, we'll put that product right in front of them, you're gonna sell more products. And if people spend a million dollars for a 30 second Super Bowl ad, it's probably more than that now, a Super Bowl ad runs one time and that's it. Imagine if you have two billion people seeing that same ad daily. The smart marketers are shifting away from commercials and going to advertising on Facebook, Instagram. And this is one of the things that came out of this. But here's the interesting that she, thing that she said that really made me go, aha, these kids get it. She said, my parents tell me I'm addicted to my phone. My teacher's saying, oh, you kids are addicted to phone. This is the problem. That's the problem. I hear it, hear it all the time. She goes, but when I'm watching this video, it made me think, like, they're actually right but then I find myself being defensive about them telling me I'm addicted to my phone. So instead of answering the question is all the problems that come from the phone, I think we need to address the biggest issue is how we talk about the problem of the phone. She said, I wish there was more videos like this where they just share information with us, we get to look at it, we get to kind of accept the truth of it on our own. Like we said, okay, this is true. And then the other kids were like, yeah. Like if I had more videos like this where people are just sharing me, here's the effects, and then you just sit with that and kind of figure it out on your own, that would influence me more. Well, it just so happens that human beings are like that, not just teenagers. If we're told that we are addicted to something and we're actually addicted to it, but we're not given any information in a conversation about why this addiction is bad. There's no story behind it. There's no facts. There's no proof. And we're told out of frustration, out of anger from a parent or a teacher. I'm just using those two because those are two she talked about. How can we accept that this is valid information when we don't trust the intention of someone sharing the information with us? The intention is to control, to change, and even if we know we need to change, we want to accept that it's a change that is worth our time to make.
0: But also, parents are trying to do that and, like, to shield, to protect, to be right, to you know, parent. Yeah. Where the video came from, and and actually, that wasn't really what bothered me, because I'm like, yeah, show me what I would like. I don't have a problem. People mining my data. You know, I, I want to, don't show me, don't show me exercise equipment. I want to see scrapbooking, equipment. <laughs> you know, whatever. It is. So that didn't bother me at all. Like that was the thing that didn't bother me. But you know what resonated with me on that video was the gambling. Because so gambling has never been a temptation for me. I don't like, I like my money.
1: So you mean what resonated with you is in the video, by the way, you'll get the chance to see the video, is that they use gambling. As the way to get you addicted, so you they keep your attention that they can sell it. So you don't mind that they're selling your attention. You just don't like that they're hacking your brain to sell your attention.
0: Right. I don't like my brain being hacked, and and I don't like the truth of the power. I think in the video they call it the power of maybe. Yep. And I didn't like how close that cut to the to the quick, for, for me. And and that was that was why that video is why I started putting my phone on airplane airplane mode. Because my phone is still very useful to me. I'm not going to check that thing for anything. But I don't want to be the one that's just like, can't walk away from the slots. You know, so I think that you're right. The, the way that it was presented was in a non, I'm not going to say non-emotional way. But in a non, like, see, see, we were right. I've been telling you for so long and now I'm right. Now you can see that I'm, you, you know, because nobody likes that.
1: You know, one of the biggest challenges I have with parents, specifically 14, 15-year-olds, but it happens all throughout teenage, but something about when they start to go from really young to older teenagers and the parents can't control the narrative, they can't control the story, they can't control the information that's coming in, is a defense mechanism to protect their way of life by saying, I want to make sure there's no way for my kid to be influenced by something without me telling them what they should be actually thinking about that information. Like, this is how you should feel. This is why this is important for you. And parents have a really hard time when I tell them that, okay, the old school way of parenting before social media and the internet and Google happened, parents would say, I heard from Miss Johnson's mom that her daughter actually is addicted to video games or whatever it may be. And it's rotting her brain. And she's a doctor who's a neurologist who's the top person in the state. Half the stuff is made up. Half the stuff is true, but there's an agenda to influence the teenager and teenagers are sh- savvy enough to know when they're being played a little bit.
0: I really their mom just wants them to freaking knock it off.
1: Exactly. So, they don't trust the messenger it has nothing to do with the message. They don't trust the intent. So you said earlier, I don't was it our earlier podcast or this one? If your kids are saying, Mom, you're on your phone too much. Don, you're on your phone too much. You're going to get defensive. If you say, Quincy, you're on your phone too much. Quincy, you're on your phone too much. You're going to get defensive. You know why? Because you're both human beings. We protect our way of life even if our way of life we know is eroding our way of life. Right. Okay? Very protective of our addiction specifically. Addictions is like we're going to fight sounds, to protect it.
0: That sounds a lot like criticism.
1: <laughs> what do you mean?
0: Well, when you say, Mom, you're on your phone too much, which incidentally my kids would never say to me.
1: Well that was my point. It is criticism, hence the reason why you're defensive to it.
0: That's what I'm saying. People it's, take the
1: truth to be hard. It wasn't
0: it wasn't just a it's not just a per, a perception or a you know, it's it's a criticism.
1: So I don't want to get too lost in this, but we were talking a lot about something that is my biggest initiative in everything that I do right now is social health. I'm a little hesitant to say too much of this right now because it'll take us down a different pathway. But the best way to describe this is that our kids, our phones are helping us have a very serious, intense decrease in our social health. Their ability to pay attention is part of social health because it's important to pay attention to people that are speaking and information for longer than 23 seconds. And that was a sarcasm, but you know it's hard to pay attention. And if you're checking your phone constantly throughout the day, it's the fragmented pieces of checking, going back, checking. It actually rewires your brain so everyone's got ADHD. Well, not maybe the hyperactivity, but the attention deficit is because we're not used to holding our attention. Our brain gets better at things they practice. So if it gets better at practice fragmenting attention, guess what you're going to be really good at? Not paying attention because that's what fragmented attention means. So the story has to be packaged in a way that is pretty much non-denominational. It's not about spirit, it's not about God. God didn't tell you that your cell phone's ruining your life. This person didn't tell you cell phone's ruining your life. People that are just talking about what they've learned, what they found out, are sharing information, ideas. It sounds kinda like a lot like the way YouTube does it, the way podcasts do it. Hey, you're listening to us because you chose to press play, not because someone made you press play. So the story has to be, how can we give the information to our kids without them feeling we have an agenda to change them? Well, the answer is pretty simple, but extremely difficult. We have to tell them that we've made a mistake in trying to manipulate their mind to get them to stop using their cell phone when the reality of it is, you know, or you, let's say you're a parent saying, I know, you know that being on your cell phone for too long doesn't necessarily help you in a lot of ways. So I need to stop talking about ways that doesn't help you. I need to do it myself, first of all. If you are a parent who's on your cell phone a lot, you gotta have strong, hard set rules for yourself, certain times, certain places. Even if your kids don't do it, if you do it, then you build one step of trust with them. Then they start to say, okay, let's see if mom can keep this up for longer than half a day. We'll see what happens, okay? <laughs> and i'm using you as an example thank you um and that's what the podcast is all about right (laughs) but then if they see you keep it up you don't have to be perfect on it don't sit there every chance you get and start talking about your new some people do this with diets exercise i know i've made this mistake lots of people do this with new self-help things and they start saying hey did i tell you i'm a vegan hey did i tell you i'm on the ketogenic diet hey did I t- by the way i don't think any these things are bad i'm using them as examples hey did i tell you i do crossfit hey did i tell you how amazing i feel now that i lost 60 pounds by the way you look 60 pounds overweight like that doesn't make people want to lose weight it makes people want to defend well you know i've been eating better lately all of a sudden they get really defensive about stuff so instead of saying I am having so many great emotional feelings and connections by not being on my cell phone as much. You just do it for a significant period of time. And then you go to your kids. Like I said, you apologize and then you do it. Then you go to your kids say, Hey, I came across a video. Hopefully I've proven to you that I'm not trying to be the social media police and trying to log in and see how long you've been on your social media. But I came across a video that I don't know. It was really interesting. Would you mind doing me a favor, just watch it and tell me what you think? Because for me personally, I didn't like what I saw. It actually made me defensive and angry about it. And I started thinking, maybe I have this issue. I don't tell me what you think. I'm just, I'm just wondering what you think about it. You're starting a conversation. I think I said this in our last podcast. I've never had someone convince me the error of my ways by criticizing me and arguing with me right plenty people change my mind change my perspective in a conversation that's easy why would our podcast work if we said right everybody Heidi has figured out her shame now she's going to shame you to help you face yours go (laughs) so everybody out there all you moms I know you beat yourself up and you should because you deserve it we'd be like one listener one download that's it like the fight podcast done it was fun while it lasted it's not going to fall on people's ears but we're sharing your experience my experience and just putting it on the table and walking away and see what they pick up the kids in the group going back to the story they said we want more information like this we would prefer our parents and they all were agreeing we would prefer our parents not shove it down our throat they didn't know it how because they didn't know what i just said they said if there was just a way where they could just kind of like, kind of drop it and let us get to what we want to. Mic drop. Yeah, mic drop. And then kind of give us a chance to kind of come across it. Or if maybe they said they watched it and affected them, it'd make us more curious to watch ourselves. They just knew they needed information. But here's what they're saying. We need adults to trust us that we actually want the information. And it's not that we don't want it. We just don't want it the way they're sending it to us teenagers. I just did it with a teenager tonight. First time I ever met with this family. I've never done this before. The kid came to my social support group, so he already wanted to come see me. His two best friends are seeing me and he's like, "Can I be your your like can I be counseled by you?" The kid wanted to see me for a month they've been trying to get in. I finally cuz these two boys were like, "You got to help my friend." I'm like, "Wow, if these teenagers are begging me, that's a big deal. I'm going to do them a solid." The parents came in, talked to the parents, talked to the boy for 5 minutes, 10 minutes. I said, Remember what happened last night in a group? He goes, yeah. I go, did you see a lot of kids being vulnerable and just owning their stuff and talking about stuff? He's like, yeah. I go, how did it make you feel? It made me feel like I wasn't alone. It made me feel like I could relate. And it didn't make me defensive of my own issues. I said, do you trust me? He goes, yeah. And he's like, wait, what's happening? (laughs) As soon as you hear me say, do you trust me?
0: It is always, that's a bad sign. I go,
1: here's what I want you to do. And I told him, I've never done this before. You would be the very first person to ever do this in a first session. I want to bring your parents back here, and I want you to tell them. By the way, he just got done telling me when he came home from his group. He got mad at his mom. He said some mean things to her because she said some mean things to him. And so he was going to twist her. He's like, I manipulate my parents all the time. I try to make them feel like it's their fault that I'm depressed when the reality of it is my issue is me. And they just make me mad because they're trying to believe in me. And they point out all my flaws, hoping that'll bring it to my awareness. And the problem is not that I'm not aware of my flaws. I'm too aware of them and I can't stop thinking about them. And I said, I want you to say all those things that you just told me to your parents. Parents come in. He said... I manipulate words, I hate myself, I'm insecure, I'm not confident, and I take it on you guys, uh, me and my siblings, and he started going to stuff like that, I use excuses to get me out of going to school, and he, it took him a little while, I'm giving him the fast, but when he got done doing it, I said, mom and dad, you got 60 seconds, all I want you to do is tell your son what you're feeling while he's saying this. Not like, see, I knew you always felt that way. Don't don't call him out. Just say, what are you thinking when he's saying this right now? Like, are you happy to hear this? Like, is it like feel good? The mom was like she started crying. She was like, I didn't know last night that you were hurt because I was sad. She's like I didn't realize that you had that good of an experience at group. And when he came home, she kind of attacked him a little bit. She didn't mean to. I mean, she's not a bad mom, right? She's just in a habit of like, oh, he's being vulnerable. Let me take a shot. And then she sat there and started crying. And she, I didn't have to tell her, hey, by the way, you know that was the worst thing to say to him when he came home last night. And you kind of triggered the whole thing. She just went, I feel like I can relate to my son. I'm sorry. I was sad. And I apologize last night. And I apologize again right now. And the dad was like, oh, by the way, son, everything that you just said you struggle with, I'm 50 years old and I struggle with the exact same thing. I'm where you get it from. And the son looked at them and looked at me and was like, dang, it worked. Cause I told him that something like that was gonna happen. I didn't prep the parents. I don't even know the parents. I've talked to them for 45 minutes. I was taking a serious risk because if they screwed it up, I told him be vulnerable. And then he just got whipped. So I'm just like sitting there praying to Buddha, Allah, all the gods, like, please don't let this kid get like, you know, bashed. But they're good people. So I didn't think that would happen. That moment they got up, walked out. They looked at me. He looked at me like, that was interesting. Very, very interesting. By the way, before he came in, they made it clear to me, he doesn't feel bad. He manipulates us. They said every single thing that he admitted to in just 15 minutes, they're like, the miracle is not me. The miracle is that he's ready to change and he does not believe they're his problem. The problem is, is they're trying to help him with his problem a little too much. So in answer to that question, I'm challenging all you parents listening to this. You have to figure out ways to get the message across without trying to fire hose him with the message. You have to figure out how can I slightly drop it in there without being obvious that I'm trying to drop it in there oh yeah, if you go back and listen to this podcast, you have to do it yourself. You can't try to like cut corners and say, oh yeah, you should really listen to this video because a lot of other teenagers that I've never talked to that I'm pretending said that this changed their life really liked it. You have to say, I watched the video. I hated it. I don't like it. It makes me feel like I have a phone addiction. And yeah, so if you want to have proof to complain about me about my phone addiction, here you go. They won't use it against you. They'll relate to you because you're saying the exact same thing that they say. If I'm vulnerable, it's gonna be used against me. So the conversation of phones and information, the research is out there, it is destroying our social fabric of human beings, how we connect. Problem is as teenagers, they don't have anything to compare it to. They didn't grow up without this, they only grew up with it. So the, the video makes a very good point. We have a legal drinking age of 21, the legal age of smoking marijuana in the States that those are legal. We have no age discrimination for social media because it wasn't intended to do what it's actually doing. It was supposed to keep us connected. And now what it's doing, it's making us addicted. And here's the, here's the underlying crazy truth of all this. We're already addicted to connection. Every human beings addiction is connection because that's how we survive by being connected to other people. But now, connection digitally and technology is changing connection so it can be manipulated and sold. Hence, the spike in dopamine being a real addiction, not a fake one. This is real. But if we attack it like you're an addict and you need to shame someone, good luck getting them to change. Okay.
0: Interesting. That, I, I think that any time... The conversation goes like, "We gotta take, we gotta take this away. We gotta end this." I, I even get nervous <laughs> because I think that actually cell phones aren't going away, and social media isn't going and away, and they're amazing tools. And, and digital yeah. communication isn't going away. So let's teach ourselves, and our kids, and our family, and everybody that we love how to use it in a productive you know, positive way and work on our social health in addition to that so that we can can experience real life social connection and have safe, productive online connection as well. Because I'm the first one to tell you that in my world, in my life, I have a lot of really positive social experiences online. It's yeah. very like I've got
1: So your dopamine fix is even higher than the average person. Continue. <laughs> You have more reason to check your phone because you got the best dope.
0: Okay, there you go. I,
1: I si- That's a fact what I just said. I mean I that wholeheartedly. The most popular people, the most followers, the most popular people that have people telling them great things, they got the best cocaine in the world, man. <laughs> it's the good stuff, man. It's the pure uncut. That's what you get. Right. So why would our brain not say, get more popular, get more followers, get more likes, because the dope gets better, but the addiction gets stronger. So let me give you a little suggestion. Next time you're at a community meeting like that, I don't know, maybe Thursday, and everybody starts getting in that, this is the problem, this is the problem, this is the problem, maybe suggest they're all right. Just tell everybody, you know, everything that you guys all just said, you're all right. Everybody identified the problem, but maybe The solution is the way we talk about that problem. Maybe we gotta change the narrative. Because if you try to sell someone a story that they don't believe, they ain't buying anything that comes off of that story. You try to tell kids that this phone is making you mentally unhealthy and they know it's making them mentally unhealthy, they will deny it, and you will take their denial of that thing as truth when in reality, they were lying to you because they're protecting the thing that you're saying, because you said it too truthful in a way that they didn't wanna hear it. Like me and my wife, when I'm eating things that I shouldn't eat. She's gotten a lot better that, so sweetheart, by the way, awesome. But we have a hard time taking the truth when it's too direct and it's not giving us a chance to hear it the way we wanna hear it. So parents out there, find better ways to get the information to your kids and you can't manipulate it in the sense that you're putting it away making up stories you got to actually take ownership how this story is affecting you and just walk away from it mic drop and let them come to it on their own time in their own in their own way
0: and what they're gonna find out is one of the things that you've said a lot which is the the high or the drug of real connection is always in outweigh the manufactured that comes from a digital connection. Well,
1: to to, to be direct, it's better in the sense that it's long-lasting and it sustains us, the hive real connections. The dopamine fix of the maybe, or as some people call it FOMO, fear of missing out, Okay, and you go back and watch the video, even stop the podcast, watch the video, and then go back and listen to the the podcast because you'll understand this video better. I mean, you'll understand what we're saying better. But if we all have the fear of missing out, the fear of like maybe we're going to miss out on a cool event or something like that, then we're being driven by the reward of maybe once every 15 times we're in the know. No one wants to not know what's going on. So that addiction is so powerful of a spike, but it goes away. Imagine you drink a gallon of monster energy. Well, you're gonna have a lot of energy, a lot of anxiety, and when you fall and you crash from that, you're gonna be either not being able to sleep, or you're gonna have to sit there and say, you know what? I need another high, so then you gotta go back and look for the high again. Face-to-face connection, more intimate personal connection, the high lasts for days. It can sometimes last for a week if it's like a really good conversation. We have to supplement that our face-to-face, close interpersonal connections are our bread and butter. That's like our main course meal, the appetizer and the social media, those connections, that's just dessert. And by the way, you don't have to have dessert with every meal. I do. I said you don't have to. <laughs> you can prefer. But. So again, didn't quite answer the question, but hopefully I answered the question by saying it's not that these are all identifiable as the problem. The real problem is if we have the wrong way to talk about the problem. So the solution is change the narrative, change the story, own your stuff. Say I've pressured you. I've tried to tell you it's horrible and addictive, and. To be honest with you, I don't really know, but maybe I should do some research. Hey, you know Why don't you find some research and you show me that it's not addictive, or maybe if it is, and then I'll back off because you don't need me to tell you if it's addictive, if it just is. I don't need to tell you that. You know it.
0: So get on the same page. Amen. Which is always the underlying (laughs) underlying message. All right, you guys. Thank you once again for sending in your questions that are really directed at me and my shame that's super helpful <laughs> at least our listeners know and you what enough. i'm going to do is a video <laughs> journal about this as well. <laughs> i like just, it just so i can get a double amp. anyway no all jokes aside thank you very much and we'll see you next time on like